Meanwhile, on Krakoa... Oh, I've been helpful. I've been cooperative. As much as it's not in my nature, I have done my part. But I'm not doing one more thing until you give her to me. That wasn't part of the deal, Raven. I don't care. Bring her back. Raven, after all this time, after all the years of you stabbing your own kind in the back just to get what you want, after all that, do you really think we can trust you? I want my wife back! And she will return! Wait, Wait, did you say your... Did you say your wife? Yes, I want my wife back! Oh my god, are you... Wait a minute, Charles. Are you... Are... Yes, I'm a lesbian. What did you think me and Irene were? Uh, uh, I just, uh, I just thought you were good friends. I, honestly, I, they never. It was never explicit. You, you never serious? said anything out loud about we it. Shared one bedroom, Charles. You visited our house. I, never once did you say we're girlfriends. We're in love. I love well, her. Isn't she great? None of that. Wasn't a, it wasn't really a good thing to do that. Well, well could you do a brother a favor, Raven? What? Be a little truthful next time. How dare you? Just bring her back. All right, I have a question here. I mean, now, did you just turn into a dude when you would fuck her? Because then, does that count as oh, being a Oh, that's a great lesbian? question. How I'm, dare I'm you dying are to know. Disgusting! All of you are disgusting. I'm a lesbian. I want my wife back now. Congratulations. Ooh, gross. <laughs> Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. I am your host, Brett. With me, as always, is my lovely co-host, Evil Jeff. Hello, Evil. I want my wife back. <laughs> that was uh, a few pages from X-Men number six by Jonathan Hickman and Matteo Bufagni. Uh, quite a milestone of an issue. Yes. Shit's going. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. On that for right now, because ow, 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 my fingers are burning. My fingers are burning because of all of these. (gasps) Cue the music. What are you gonna pick? Hot Hot topics. Mm. We got some hot topics, girl. Let's start with some. uh, Let's start in the DC world, and that's probably the only time we'll hit the DC world this episode. Thank God. Uh, Doom Patrol. Doom what about Patrol, it? Apparently, the DC. I canceled my DC subscription. Uh, I honestly DC. was on the toilet. I was on the toilet today, and I saw the charge go through in my email. I was like, <laughs> "Shit! Why am I still when subscribed?" Last, when's the last time you watched something like that? Nothing. Yeah. Christmas when I watched Batman Returns. Yeah, so I canceled that. But here's the cool thing: is it's it's uh, going to premiere the second season on that and HBO Max. It's going to be on both. So is HBO Max different from HBO Now? Because I'm a part of HBO Now. Do I have to fucking do another thing? It is. Well, you can. I I believe you can sign up and like expand it. But now HBO <sighs> Max is like HBO Max is going to have Friends. It's going to have so? like a huge uh, TV, and it's like all of the Time Warner TV, all Time Warner movies. So it's just going to have a huge streaming thing of that and then original programming. Um, but the nice 
quintessential original programming will be the HBO stuff, which is still going. So I think you can still just get HBO or just get HBO Max or get a combo of them both. But if you have HBO, I don't think you automatically get HBO Max. I'll probably wind up paying less if I just upgrade to HBO Max, HBO Now than I would just paying for DC Universe. So it all works out in the end. But here's the thing. Is there casting somebody? They're casting a new person. And (gasps) um, it's a woman. And uh, the thing is, is her name is going to be uh, Ronnie Evers. Have you heard of that character in the DC world? I don't know who that is. Apparently, that's an evil cyborg that fights cyborg. But it's a man. Robot man? Oh, cyborg, cyborg. But yes, of cyborg. But it's a man in the comics. But in this, a woman is being cast as Ronnie Evers. Okay. So they're gender swapping it. So oh, it's cool. going to be a new Fun. villain coming out. So I think that's like just like just like uh, the original Captain Marvel, just like Marvel. Yeah. Well, gender swappies. I love it's it. Gonna be, it's going to be fucking good. I'm just glad it's back. I'm glad there's going to be more. Yeah. Um. I uh, think maybe we should go into the next biggest news. Yes. I mean, maybe not around the world, but for us, as Brett and I get boners anytime Hickman and X-Men are mentioned in the same sentence, he did an interview. He did an interview on adventuresinpoortaste.com. Mm-hmm. And it was quite telling. Scandalous, even. Scandal. Oh, scandalous. <laughs> scandalous. Brett, what did you take away from it? Um, I took away that he gave a beautiful description of Gene and Emma's unique relationship. And the difference between how they use their powers. The difference between their telepathy. And it's and quite polar I opposite. find that fascinating. I think fascinating. he's the first person to ever really bring this up. And it it it's it absolutely fits. It's absolutely accurate. It's a wonderful polar opposite yin yang kind of thing, and it's very telling of their personalities. Yeah, of who they've always been. Yeah. So first of all, he says the one thing that I found telling is it was like, what kind of friendship do they have? And it's like they respect each other and they share many things. They but share. They, but they won't go to each other's house. They share <gasps> intimacy, but they'll only meet in Scott's bed. <laughs> they will not go to each other's beds. They will only go to Scott's. But Scott shares a bed with Gene. So I think <gasps> I think what he's saying is that Scott's thing with Emma is separate. And the threesome that Gene and Wolverine and Cyclops are having are its own thing. Yes. Yes. So So Scott Scott Scott. is fucking dirty as fuck. (laughs) And I wish it was talked about more openly because you know who would have a problem with all of this? Who? Rachel. Yes. Gross. Rachel fucking Summers. She'd just be like, or Rachel Gray. Because she took away Summers because he pissed her off before. This, to like, can you just imagine being like, Dad, you're gross. Dad, that's gross. And then Scott would be like, Well, Rachel, meet your new stepsister, Ruby Summers. <laughs> and she'd be like, What's up, bitch? I'm your new roommate, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> oh, my God. And, but then here's the thing when it talked about their powers, 
is he said there's two types of telepaths. When you get all these voices coming in your head, you either embrace it and become super empathic and emotional. Empathic and open. Or you become cold and closed off so that you can just turn it all off on a dime. And that's where it's more like that's Xavier. That's um, Emma. I think that's also Psylocke. Uh, He said Monet. Monet. Psylocke, I think, is like that, too. Who do you think is a more open telepath? I think most (sighs) telepaths are like that. Yeah, I think that's what makes Jean so special, right? So unique is she's one of the few. I think Rachel, maybe. But we hate Rachel, so fuck. Yeah, I don't want to give her any. She's she's milk toast. She's middle of the road. <laughs> she can't she can't decide on which one she is. Although she's getting a new costume finally. Thank God. Oh, those costumes for, for, for X Factor look yeah good. Uh, good. How about Dakin? Uh, hello, Samurai Daddy. Hot. Oh my God. And. <sighs> Uh, I didn't. I didn't realize. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, Aurora was part of the cast. When they showed yeah. the costumes, they had Aurora. I was like, "Oh, hi." Okay, so can we please? I just want because it's not going to happen with Iceman now, but you can't put two a bisexual guy and a gay guy on a team and not have them fuck. That's all I'm saying. I mean, so t- I want. Oh. I want Dakin to see. North Star in his marriage and think I'm gonna fuck that oh, up. Yes, please. And then North Star just gives into it. But then plot twist: Dakin falls in love with North Star. But then North Star finds out about his shenanigans and then loses his husband. And then he's yes. like, "Fuck you! I stole yes. my husband." Yes. Ah. Uh, oh my god! And then plot twist: Dakin doesn't stab the husband like he did in Iceman. Yeah. But he has to, the husband has to die. <laughs> anyway, it's we got of, off topic. It's of gangrene. It's just the other interesting thing in Hickman's interview is he talked about the way he chose uh, what characters to write about. Is he just was like, I want to work with this artist in giant size, and, yeah. And you and the artist was like, he's like, who do you like to draw? Which is interesting because it looks like Alan Davis is doing the Nightcrawler one. Which I love that, that Alan Davis is like, I want to draw Nightcrawler. And Russell Dodderman not only loves to draw Gene and Emma, he also loves to draw Storm. So they uh, unveiled a um, giant size X-Men Storm one shot drawn by Russell Dodderman, written by Jonathan Hickman, which is a continuation of the Gene Emma one. And here, what he biggest plot twist reveal, he said, and it's going to set up what's going on with Storm for the next couple of years. Because we have a plan. We actually have, have a plan. Someone has a plan for the best for one of the best X Men ever. A character that has been underutilized for right. they say twenty years. It shouldn't be a feat. It should feel like Wolverine number one, like, oh my, all right, someone else is doing Wolverine. That okay. didn't come out, right? That comes it's out next It's next week. week. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. God. I feel like I'm going to hate it. No, I think it's going to be great. I just hate Wolverine. I'm just so done with Wolverine. Yeah, but he's bone and Cyclops now. Unless that's in it, I, I'm going to hate it. <laughs> That's the only way. Unless this book is about the complex thruple that is Gene Scott it, Logan, I don't care. Unless it opens with Scott Summers like shooting a load <laughs> <laughs> in Wolverine's face. 
And then he just goes, and then he's like, oh, are you sore from last night? And then Wolverine's like, you know I heal. No. <laughs> anyway, because that's why Wolverine's into fisting. Anyway, I'm super excited. What What is this thing? Because it looks like Jean and Emma have to go into Storm's brain. Like, what is going on? What do you think it is? Well, that's another thing. That's another thing that came out in the episode, uh, in the interview, is that Dotterman basically just said, hey, you know that uh, silent issue that uh, was from Morrison's run of Gene and Emma performing telepathic surgery on Xavier? I loved that. I want to do something like that. Let's rip that and off. Like, Let's just <laughs> do that. Let's just do that. It's an homage. How dare you? But does that mean there's not going to be any talking in the whole giant size X-Men? Oof, I don't know. I can't tell if I'm going to like that or if I'm going to be like, no, I'd rather I there be bitchy banter. Yeah, I want bitchy banter. I want bitchy banter. I want her going, <laughs> let's have a drink later. I'm buying. <laughs> or they like they could reenact the this the scene from a cabaret where it's like, screw Maximilian, but it's like, screw Scott Summers. I do. So do I. <laughs> oh, my God. God, this is the gayest episode we have ever done. Anyway. Because <laughs> it's the gayest X-Men has ever been. Um, anything else with that interview? Nope. Um, I think we should just keep on this X bandwagon and breathe in nice and deep. Breathe in that X air. <sighs> Cue the music. <sighs> yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, to exhale. Chubidu. That's right. Every episode, me and Red have to talk about our favorite comic of all time, the X-Men. Oh, and they did not disappoint this week. I think this was kind of like a, a game changer issue, but we'll get to that one last. Yeah, yeah, definitely an iconic issue uh, of the main X-Men title. But first, let's talk about X-Force number seven. That's Benjamin Percy. And this one, I find the idea of it interesting, but the actual comic itself, I was like, uh, okay. And Oscar know what I mean? Yeah. You yeah. It, it, you know what? How I felt? I can see what you're saying. I'll phrase it this way. is is similar. It felt like an okay comic book. You know, lately everything has felt so epic and big and cinematic and um, larger than life. And this was like, yeah. okay, it was a fun issue of, of a, you know, B-tier Yeah, because comic. I feel like Gail Simone has written way better things about Domino. And then there's way more interesting things in X-Force with Quentin Quire. Like, you know what I mean? I feel yeah. like this isn't like... But I like the ideas. As, as what's going on is that since Domino's skin has been peeled off and she got regrafted with, like, Krakoan Organics... The, the, the skin that they grafted off is kind of what has her luck power now. So she doesn't have her luck power anymore. Yeah. And it seems um, so she's chasing after some assassin that's gotten very lucky with his or her hits lately. And, and there I seems to that. be some I do tie. like how yeah. the, all the assassin attempt assassination attempts were all based on luck. I love that. Another thing I loved was Domino's able to read her power by rolling dice. So typically she'll roll a lucky roll. Um, I forget what yeah. she says, like a seven or a 12 or something like that. Boxcars. Um, yeah. But, seven. And then um, now she can only roll, roll snake eyes. 
which yeah. I believe is like the killer role in Craps. Craps, yeah. yeah. Craps, yeah, yeah, yeah. Craps seven, 7 is the good in Craps the good one. And, and Snake Eyes is bad. So she can keep rolling Snake Eyes and then later on in the issue, spoilers everybody, she realizes that her power has kind of morphed in that she can, she's more like Felicia Hardy. She can create bad luck for other people. For the other people, yeah. But there is a good luck and this is where I found confusing there's like another the person with the skin looks like domino yep but inverse but like and so it's like but what is that what who is it a clone is that is that or is it just on so, or is it skin? on somebody yeah or is it just another person with her skin on them Ooh. i don't know i don't know but the- but here's here's the thing though yeah is at the same time I would be now. Here's just what would you would you if you were Domino, what would you do, Brett? Would you try and take advantage of your bad luck power, or would you do what I would do, and I would just blow my brains out and be reincarnated and get my regular power back? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean the the death thing is kind of an easy out, a reset button, and you would get your skin back. I don't want that Krakoan. I don't want this vegetative, skin. yeah, graft. Yeah. It, because if I'm, I would be like honestly, I would be like, oh, my thighs are thighs are getting fat. Boom, blow my brains. Blow out. my brains. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, Jeff, you can't keep killing yourself just because you get fat. I'd be like, I'd be like, whatever. I'd, I'd be up like make giving some sort of speech in some sort of Krakoan amphitheater, and I would be like, uh, and so my next point is, oh fuck, <laughs> <laughs> blow my brains. <laughs> I'd fucking be karma. I'd be fucking karma, Shadow King karma. I would eat McDonald's every day and then blow my brains out. I'd basically be reincarnated. Basically be um, Happy Death Day. Which will come up later on in this episode. Yes. Also, they really need to address old people dying off and then being reincarnated back to their youthful selves. See, I think think they shouldn't do that. That hasn't happened yet. Why? I think you should let the natural course of things happen, right? It's like the murder, the genocide we've beaten, but we're not. No, that's the whole point is that they're immortal. No, they're immortal. They're not going to let any X-Men ever die. No X-Men is ever going to die. Do you not realize that, Brett? I guess I think they're going to let an Omega level mutant die. I guess I just trust Charles Xavier to do the right thing. (laughs) No, they need the Omega level mutant. So they have to keep them forever. Well, you think you're like, oh, you're old. We're just going to let you die, even though your powers are what's kind of sustaining everything. Sorry, Gene. We're just going to let you go this time. Yeah. No. All right. You're right. Hell no. You're right. But the biggest mystery of this issue is why didn't Domino and Colossus fuck on that beach? (laughs) Did they have a thing when they were on X-Force together? Yes. 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 Yeah. So I think he's still just broken up over Kitty. I mean, but also like, look at his size compared to her. And like, when he goes to flesh, he doesn't shrink down or anything. His dick would destroy her. No, but that's what it is with her bad luck. She would just give everyone, she would make everyone impotent. Oh, they would right. all have like, they should go flaccid. She would give him an STI. <laughs> well, that's bad luck. <laughs> 
That's her catchphrase. That's her new power. She'll give you an STI and she'll look and go, now that's bad luck. Now that's bad luck. Hey, did you ever hear, that reminds me of giving someone an STI with a witty catchphrase. Did you ever hear that urban legend where it was always, this is like in the late 80s, early 90s, where it's like, oh, my mom's friend. It was always my mom's friend. She went on a trip to the Mediterranean. It was always somewhere like Ibiza or something like that. And then she met this guy. They had this crazy two-day love affair. And then she wakes up one morning, the day she's going to leave, the guy is gone. She goes into the bathroom and written in lipstick on the bathroom mirror. It says, do you know what it says, Brett? You now have AIDS. Welcome to the world of AIDS. Welcome to the world of AIDS. Oh, God. And I had three different people. They were like, my mom's friend. And I was like, that was not your fucking mom's friend. I was like, that's not your fucking mom's friend. It's made up. But that's Domino. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, X-Force. Fun. But not as good as Excalibur. Funner. What happened in Excalibur? Warwolves. <laughs> yes, yes. Ah, this is like the fact that who writes this again? It's um. It's Teeny Howard. Teeny Howard. Teeny Howard. She fucking read. She knows all her fucking classic Excalibur. That's for damn sure. Because they were, and that's the fact that they were put in like Excalibur Five. They were put in that fucking zoo. They've been in that zoo the whole goddamn time. That, they were in that zoo Crazy. way back in the day. And I I love it. And that's the other thing, is they also brought back another gay character, Cullen. Cullen Bloodstone from Avengers Arena. Who is full on homo. I will say his character is a little different than Avengers Arena. He was gay, but he was more like gothy gay yeah and now he's much more like oh but i know i'm british yeah it's like he's prick it's like he's inherited inherited some some money and he's like gotten classy yeah yeah but still loves the dick which they haven't brought up yet and i'm hoping that as i said if you have two gay characters you need to make them have sex together So. so richter with his new like voodoo witchy druid look and cullen although cullen how old is cullen 18, 19, 20, 25. We'll say, yeah, he's 18. But that's, how old is Richter now? Like early 20s? Probably, yeah. Okay, all right, that's fine. Okay. Need to make sure everything's on the up and up. But the fact that she was like, all right, I'm going to do this epic thing with Apocalypse and all of this setup, but now it's like, now we're just going to have some fucking fun. Here's like a human hunt with the werewolves. So fun. Like, and it, it even did that thing fun. that freaked me out as a kid where they like climb out of somebody's mouth when they're wearing their skin. Yeah, they did that. I had a total flashback. I was like, oh, yeah, that used to freak me out. I love the Alan Davis, like the way he would oh, draw the people so once great. they were possessed. Yes. Their smiles would be like a little too yes. big. And they would be like super creepy looking. Ugh. But then who was that girl that died? Poor girl. Yeah, that, I, I remember they feeling were like, that hey, too. Lady, and then she's like, Bleh. I remember feeling that but too. I Cullen, felt bad for Cullen the people who had the skin. Cullen is like just pure evil now. He was kind of on the fence of like, oh, this thing in my back makes me want to be evil, but I don't want to be evil. Now he's just like, I'm bad. I'm bad, baby. I'm bad, governor. And uh, 
And then I do like, there is the interesting thing of like Shogo. Was that in this one about Shogo not wanting to be? Yes. Jubilee's so tired because Shogo. He doesn't want to be human anymore. He doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants to be a dragon. That's kind of fucked up. You got to respect that. That's going to fuck you up. Like you're going to have weird things going on. Yeah. If you live as a dragon for that long. Yeah. Like you're going to wind up being like an Iron Man type character or something. Yeah. Right. Brian Michael Bendis. Even. Or just by the time you hit puberty, like, you're going to be like, the only thing I'm attracted to is girls being set on fire. You know what I mean? It's going to be like, like, it's going to mess you up. Anyway, what else happened in that issue? Um, That's interesting. uh, I think it's just your classic, you know, Excalibur versus Warwolves. I do like, they do set up, I believe, somewhere about like, what if, because we have seen in future issues Britain declares war on Korea. Oh, that's coming. And poor Betsy. And poor Pete Wisdom. Because Pete Wisdom basically is like, I don't really want to go to Krakoa. I like working for MI. Yeah. Is it MI? 13. Six? Six. No, 13. What is it? Which Whatever which one it is. So they're going to have to make some choices. Everybody's going to have to make some choices. Exodus is going to have to make some choices. Is he going to keep hanging out in Gaga's den? Looking at books? Yeah. Have they ever had anything going on before? They're just, they're both very old. Yes, but that's what I mean. But have they yeah, ever, when, when each of their things were going on in past, they've never crossed paths. They never really, really like, yeah, they never teamed up or mixed it up or. Yeah, that's dangerous. That's the other thing is like having Exodus and like Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse all just like, yeah, let's all just hang out on our own and do experiments. How are they, like, Xavier and Magneto not, like, fucking shaking in their boots? Fuck. They, they have to have some sort of... I guess in the end they know, like, Xavier has the resurrection. Yeah. And so if we fuck that up, like, yeah. We can just kill them they and also not the resurrect whole, them. And that's... The other thing is that they have this Myra, Moira thing in their pocket. And I'm still waiting for that to come out. Like, she hasn't shown up yeah. at all. Ugh, and Here's, she's supposed to have her own book. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a, oh, I've so got a theory. I've got a theory. Um, something yeah. I'd like to see, which takes us into our next book. Yeah, this is a beautiful segue. God, we're on fire today. We really are. <laughs> X-Men number six by Jonathan Hickman. And I think it's Laniel Francis. You? Yes, yes, yes. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's someone different. I'm not looking at it right now, but I know it's someone different. Uh, it's the Mystique issue. Mm. We finally see what, what Mystique's been up to lately. And, um, you know, a lot of people who were paying a lot of attention to House of X. I'm sorry. I got to get this artist's name. Oh, and Matteo Bufagni. Um, a lot of people who were paying attention to House of X said when they were on that spaceship, on the mission where they died, the Krakoan people died. Mystique was like, oh, sorry, Scott, I got turned around. Huh. Right. Right. We knew then. He planted it then. I didn't even think about that. Yes. Oh, he's a genius. Genius planning, acting. Because she was planting a seed. She was planting a Krakoan gate onto uh, the Orcus, uh, the, uh, the forge. And can we just say the way he set that up, the time jump of like the narrative structure he used where they showed kind of what was going on. And then later you find out that one of those, 
the people bringing in the thing, one of them was, it was Mystique. That's some good mystique and That's a good use of Mystique right there. It is so good. But we know this whole thing going on, we know Moira laid down the law that there can be A, no fucking precogs, and B, if there is going to be a precog, it's sure as hell going to be the bitch that set me on fire. So... So they need to fucking... But here's the thing that I'm I'm just... Couldn't they... When they brought back Raven, how come they didn't just erase Irene? Yeah. I, or changed. I guess that's the thing. Maybe then they're still like... Maybe that's going a bridge too far, like going and like rebooting your, your memories. I mean, maybe they will. Because she'll be like, what the fuck? And they'll be like, you died, bitch, a long time ago. Because the thing that sucks is the fact that Xavier and Magneto were giving her all these excuses. If you didn't know the behind the scenes, you'd be like, all right, I guess I understand that. But the fact that we know that they're never going to bring Irene back, just, you know, like everything they're saying is bullshit. And it makes me like, I am so on her side. Oh, I'm totally sympathetic with Mystique here. Yes, I don't want Krakoa to burn. At the same time, burn it all down, bitch, until you get your wife back. But that, and then speaking of which, that's where we get Irene. This timeline, Irene, before she dies, when is it technically? Do we say the Shadow King killed Irene or Legion? I say Legion. Was it Legion in control, or was the Shadow King in control of Legion when yeah, he killed? I think it, I I feel like you know Legion could have beat the Shadow King if he wanted to. But it was a different personality. It's, com- it it's complex. It was a complex time. Anyway. But before she basically told Raven, Mystique, she was like, hey, way in the future when you're still here and I'm not. And Raven's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, bitch, just shut up. Just listen to me. Precog stuff, honey. In the future, when I'm not there and you're still there, you're going to you're gonna be part of this great place and you're going to have the opportunity to get me back. And they're not going to let you. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you demand to bring it back, me back, and they refuse, what does she say, Brett? Burn it all. Burn it all Burn to the ground. Burn it all to the fucking ground. So that's the whole time I'm like, Apocalypse, he's too dangerous. Sinister, so dangerous. Exodus, so dangerous. But guess what? They're all part. They are all on board with Xavier's plan. Rogue Mystique. Being like, fuck you, Xavier and Magneto. That is the biggest danger mm-hmm. to the X-Men. Because that's the thing. He is setting up every single issue. He is setting up a different danger to the X-Men. And I feel this one, Mystique, is the biggest danger yet. So what if in this mission to burn it all down, Mystique starts snooping around and uh-oh, what's up, Mora? I think I just found oh, your secret God. bedroom. What's up, bitch? Oh my god! You're gonna give me Can my wife be... back? Oops! There goes your. And then there she's goes, gonna be like, she's gonna. There goes your restaurant like, gate. You Boom! She's like, your wife fucking burned me alive. She's like, I don't remember that. And she's like, yeah, well, it wasn't a different life. Yeah, and the I'm reason I don't want precogs back is because she's a fucking skank. She's an. She's a fugly slut who burned me, and I don't want her coming back because she burned me, and so she doesn't get to come back, bitch. I don't care if she's your fucking wife. I don't care. She burned me. 
Also, I don't want her. Also, lesbian. Also, you fucking lesbian. I don't want her to know what. (laughs) I don't want her to know what my real secret plan is. So there's that too. Yeah, because this is the other thing: is the fact that Moira says no precogs. Shady. It's that's a red flag that I'm surprised. Yeah, but that's where I'm wondering: Do you think if I was Xavier? I would be if I was Xavier Magneto. I'd be like, let's just resurrect blindfold behind Mora's back, just in case. You know what I mean? They probably did. They that and that that would be amazing if it did, because they. I I would be like, why do we not want a precog? Like, don't we want some sort of assurance that what we're doing is this is the right one? And here's the other thing: is like, how does she not know that they're doing all of this, and that when she dies, it doesn't just start all over? How does she know? How did Destiny know that this was the last one? Why is this the last she probably one? Probably lied to her. Why is this her last life? I would want him to find that out. Because who would like, oh, we did it all perfect. And then what do you do if you do everything perfect? Because how does it work if Moira gets resurrected? Oh, damn. How does Moira's resurrection work? Does she get another 10? But does she re- does she restart over? But if she restarts over, does this timeline still continue because she's resurrected? Oh my God, I just want my wife back. <laughs> um, I just want my wife back, Hickman. Hickman, listen to this because you know we're opening up fucking Pandora's box, and we know you can handle it. Oh my God, can you imagine if Hickman pulled a Jim Lee taking over the X Men after Chris Claremont left, and he's like, "I'm out, bye." <laughs> I would die. I would die. Because <laughs> it would be like, who can take this over? I think, do we stop reading? Uh, no, that's not possible. No, I would just demand that like Teeny Howard, uh, Leah Williams, Leah Williams. And, and Kelly Thompson, we make sure they- The three of them are the new architects. They have to be. Although, who did the last Uncanny run? Uh, it was um, Matthew Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Yeah. He was great. He's great too. Yeah, he's great. But Hickman, Hickman is in a level of his own. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved in the interview when they were like, so wait, why did you want to do Phantom X? He was like, Grant Morrison. Next question. He's like, he's basically like, hey, you, we know the all, the greatest thing since, that, since me was Grant Morrison. Hickman's like, here's the thing, you stupid bitches. You had <laughs> the X-Men at their best ever, and then you undid all of it and you created dap and shit like that so i'm here to set it straight i'm here to, i'm here to what? make it right <laughs> when it was it was like soon after marson's run it was what was it joe casey's peter da- peter milligan uh, oh the one with stacy x yeah, yeah uh, no 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 beyond that beyond that one was like um it was salvador laraca drawing it and it was like outlaw and and it was like during like Outlaw and Peepers and the um, Sapien Queen, is that her name? Oh, yeah, I didn't read And that. Polaris had no powers. And Oh, yeah, fuck And then that. they found, um, oh, Gambit was death. And they found, um, like, a, a cousin of dupe from space called Dap. And I was like, I'm done with this. This is, uh, this is garbage. <laughs> I'm done with this garbage. I think it was Milligan. Yeah, fuck all that. Anyway, the X-Men's in a great place. 
and I'm excited. We love and it. Next week we got Wolverine number one. We got a new New Mutants. We got Emma and Jean Grey giant size number one. So we're gonna be jizzing all over the place. Oh my god. Oh my god. But I think that's enough X-Men for now. Enough. And I think maybe we should get critical. Cue the music. Fix the music cues. I know. Thank you so much. You're so great. Thank you for for doing less than the bare minimum and then not doing that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Anyway, I just want constant compliments. All right. Anyway, um, we basically are just going to talk about one show. So if you guys don't watch The Magicians and don't care about The Magicians, thank you so much for listening to episode 120 of Comic Book But Queer's you Legacy. need to watch the show because, yeah, because if you're listening to the show, you're probably a faggot. And if you're not <gasps> a faggot, Jeff. you probably really are because you probably, you're probably like, oh, it's okay. I still jerk off to straight porn, but I mostly look at the guy. But that's still, it's still, just deal with it. This show is so campy and fun and gay. It's amazing. It's amazing. And it was it was basically like a full movie. It was like a a 2-hour episode dealing with the the upcoming apocalypse and whether the magicians can defeat We're it. talking about the latest double feature episode of The Magicians, which I swear to God, thought was the season finale. It was so good. And then all of a sudden they're like, next week on The Magicians. I was like, yay! Yeah. And here's the deal. What did I always complain about? I hate how they're always separated. And what happens? The big mission comes and they all joined up together. It is all, so six now, six magicians together to perform one big task. And that is avert the apocalypse by slightly moving the moon. Because here's the deal. Magic is so powerful that anything like a thing that normally would surge magic, like the alignment of planets... The alignment of planets causes a natural surge in magic. So if an already surge is happening, they're basically saying the natural um, that that surge will be so overloaded. What am I say? Exponentially exponential. It'll be exponential. And it will basically cause someone will do a small spell and it will just blow up an entire city. So they want so the only way to stop the planets from aligning is to move the moon because they can't move Mars. The other ones are planets are too big because they're like, why don't we move Mars? And they're like, well, the moon is closer and smaller. So Mars is big and far away. <laughs> so but then it turns out the moon is a being. You can't. Is it a god? You, or no, it it's being? the um, it's uh, sentient, but it's also it's covered in essentially magic calluses. Like people had been casting spells on the moon for so long, it's built up this like shell, this callus all around it. So you can't move the moon with magic. You have to ask her to move. Ask her and, to move. And they're learning all of this from the people, the cult that worships the moon called the Luna thought of this. <laughs> the Luna Ticks, which was just like Brilliant. I feel Brilliant. like I feel like when they were in the writer's room, whoever said lunatics, they stopped and did like a slow clap. Oh, it's it's absolutely and we're like, think like when somebody revealed that he put lips on Nanny in the upcoming Hellions book. The whole 
fucking writer's room just stopped what they were doing and started sucking each other's dicks and eating each other's butts and grabbing each other's boobs and while screaming, yes! <laughs> so what they need to do to ask the moon, they have to kind of do a spell and offer a sacrifice. But you need to get moon brain, which means you can't sleep for five days. And then you have to cast a spell and then offer up a moon rock as a sacrifice. And then once once the moon is listening and you ask, then the moon can decide. Was they say moon was a she? Yep. Then she can decide whether or not she wants to move. So they all have to stay awake for five days. Which was done beautifully. Which then comedy ensues. <laughs> And of course, who does not, the only one person does not stay up for five days, <laughs> which is Josh. Our stoner, or, our stoner master chef. But then what happens is, is they're like, uh, so they stay up for the five days and they're about to get it all done when who shows up, but Hedgewitch from another, from Penny's world. Our favorite character, Marina. 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 We love a Marina. She shows up and she's like, look, I already have plans. I want all these people to die. I want this to happen. And then Elliot comes in, but now Elliot's getting called and he thinks that the demon that was he was possessed by is trying to get out while he's asleep. And so now that he's like all half asleep, he's like, oh no, I need to keep the demon at bay. But then he tries to do the spell and then Marina tries to stop the spell and they're both tugging on the moon, literally. And then we basically have an Umbrella Academy moment, yeah. which I was like, I wonder if they saw the Umbrella Academy and were like, fuck, this is very similar. The moon cracks in half and the debris falls to the earth and they have to stop it. So they're trying to perform a spell and it doesn't work and they all die. Uh, and that's the end of the show. And that's a series finale. But then we have, that's where Happy Death Day comes in. And Elliot and uh, Margo wake up and they're in a time. And they go through the apocalypse again. And then they go through it again. And then they go through it again. I love, first of all, I know it's not a time loop movie, but I love that earlier in the season, there was an Avengers Endgame reference. And that's essentially where they wound up was like, they averted the apocalypse by going back in time. Yeah. Moving things around. And this was so smartly done. And the fact that how crazy it is, because then Margot, she stops remembering. She's, she leaves the time loop. And Elliot blames himself, thinking he did something wrong. And that he didn't. he wasn't courageous enough. He wasn't self-actualized enough. And it got Margot kicked out of the time loop. When actually, no, Margot, while Elliot was struggling with his literal demons, Margot figured out a way to stop the apocalypse and went to go do it, but was, was but met with got failure. Her, but that's the reason is they picked up from episode one when they were changing time to bring back Josh and Finn. They sprayed themselves with stuff that would make them unaffected by the time stream. With permanence, the, uh, t- the protective time yeah, cologne. So that and that is why when the time loop is happening that they remember. But Margot pissed the people that are doing the time loop are magic dolphins. Whales. The whales. Whales, magic whales, 
And the fucking whales were pissed. Margaret was so rude to them that they erased her. They, her they splashed her perfume. They splashed her perfume off. I love that um, when Elliot was talking to the whales, they're like, we are the whales. And he goes, all of them? And they go, yes. <laughs> but before he shows up there, Josh, even though he's the fuck up, Josh is the one where Elliot finally confides in him. And then Josh is like, oh, you have this voice saying to come out. Well, why don't you just let it out? Because you're in a time loop. Like, what, What's the worst that can happen? Why don't you let it yeah. out and it's see what happens? Don't just start over. Yep. And he does, and it turns out it's not uh, the evil demon. It's, uh, who is that guy? It's Charlton. It was the guy who was at first possessed by the monster. So the monster right. that Elliot okay. was afraid of yes. that had inhabited his body all last season before it had jumped into Elliot last season, it was living in Charlton. And then when Elliot was trying to break free of the monster's possession inside his own head, Charlton was the one who said the way out of, of being trapped in here by the monster is to go to your worst memory where you can escape and that's where the reveal of his worst memory being Quentin offering to be with him and him saying no him out of fear. Down. That was his worst memory. That's how he ultimately escaped the monster. And it was Charlton who showed him that the escape salvation was through your worst and, and, and therefore gayest memory. And then we find out that the, the whales they're constantly casting spells to keep the Kraken, like from Clash of the Titans, yeah. from emerging from under the sea and destroying so the world. So that whales are all magicians and they are actually tracing sigils in the sea to keep the Kraken at bay. <laughs> Amazing. But what they realized is, is when the Earth gets hit by the moon asteroids, the cra- it makes the Kraken come out, and the time loop starts every time the Kraken is released. So that's when he realized, if we can get the Kraken released earlier, I will have enough time to come back before we crack the moon in half, mm-hmm. which he does. It was so smartly written. This It was so good. Yeah. So yeah, Good. so the, the Kraken being released actually resets time 12 hours prior instead of the, like, 12... Uh, what, what was it? Like, the, the Kraken set him back even earlier than he was stuck yeah. in the time loop, so he was able to avoid being in the time loop in the first place. It was so good. And he's able to stop the moon from being cracked in half, and they stop the whole apocalypse, but then it turns out... That piggy who shows up to Julia in the beginning wasn't even talking about that and was talking about an apocalypse in Philly. Yeah, the guy who warned, the creature who warned Julia, the sexist creature who warned Julia of the apocalypse wasn't even talking about this apocalypse. And of course, because he didn't want a woman and wouldn't go to her, he went to Todd. Who was missing all season and now you know why. He. And we wanted him to be the black, the dark king. Well, well, well. We did, but we also wasn't there a lover, a jilted lover of the Dark King. Do you think it's Todd? I, I said then that I hope. Oh, well, maybe I didn't say it out loud. Maybe I thought it. I hope it's Todd. And when I think that's it, has Todd ever? Has Todd is Todd gay? No, he's never. I mean, he got jerked off by Margot in this. Yeah, he's never. Too. But the Dark King is very seductive. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't turn gay for the Dark and King? And Todd Guys, is... Google the Dark King, because he's a cute... Yeah, but Todd is cuter. Todd's the biggest snack. He's the 
most delicious snack on the show. He is cute. And know what it is? Why are we attracted to like stupid? Yeah. Why is hot and stupid hot? Himbos, baby. Like the guy from what's it? Uh, from Good Place, uh, Jason, Jason from Good Place, like that. Or like hot, um, stupid. Uh, oh. Yeah, total himbos. Like uh, what's his name from True Blood? The brother. Yeah. Ryan oh. Quantin. Yes. yes. Or like. Oh my god. Like havoc. <laughs> <laughs> havoc sacrificing all of his friends so he could fuck Madeline Pryor. <laughs> Which anyway, wait wait first of all when so Madeline Pryor yeah. comes back in in Hellions, uh, which is a book that stars Havoc. I mean, we think we're getting ripped up Goblin Prince outfit again, right? I mean, they have to. We have to. Yes, we have to. But nothing. <laughs> sure, that was hot. Captain Britain in the bondage by Claire under Claremont's pen. Claremont being into bondage, as we all know, that was hot. Is that a real thing? You don't know that. No. It's been rumored what? for decades that Chris Claremont would go to BDSM clubs and that he was into bondage. And, and Is he a sub or a, a dom? I, I, I would think that he's a sub because the story goes that he walked into a fetish club and paid some woman to dress up like Storm and fist him. Wow. You never heard this? Did he? No. Oh, what year yeah. was this? Did he make her do the voice, like the, 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 the cartoon voice? Your ass shall feel my thunder. <laughs> I've never heard that. Are you just making this up? I, as I swear to God, Google it. I swear to God, Google it. Google I it. I believe it. No, because isn't it like, isn't the guy who made, invented Wonder Woman, who created Wonder Woman, he was a big pervert. Too, How many right? times were people in like leather spiked outfits in, in the entirety of X-Men? A lot. Yeah. I mean, the whole Hellfire Club. I mean, Rachel Summers. Yeah. Wow. Oh, in Mojo World, when they have her chained and they're pulling. Oh, please. I wonder if you had them dress as war Please. If we did an episode about all the times the X-Men or X-Men characters were in bondage under Chris Claremont's pen, we would have an well, eight-hour episode. <laughs> now all I'm going to think about is while I'm reading this, I'm going to just be like, was he fisted while he was thinking of these ideas? The first time I ever saw a meme online, it was like in the early days, like early 2000s of the internet. And I was, I was on like some sort of X-Men message board and somebody posted a picture of Chris Claremont smiling at like an autograph table and it just said I got fisted by Storm <laughs> <laughs> it was the first meme I ever saw like oh 20 years ago God. almost that's that's ridiculous I can't believe the first meme you saw was I got fisted by Storm I got, or I think it just said I'm into fisting with his smile and face uh, oh my God. I think also, did he post? Uh, never mind. I don't want to go there. It could have been fake. Never mind. I'm not going to report about social media posts. But I think Chris Claremont posted. Wait a minute. Did I just? Is Kitty Pride dead? <laughs> He's probably so mad. Well, they're showing her in a fucking funeral. It looks like she's in a floating vagina on that cover. Of course. Was Emma's doing. <laughs> That's the cover that Lockheed is around Emma's neck, though, and nothing, yeah. nothing's made me cry harder. <laughs> Just a random cover of Emma with Lockheed. Oh, please! <laughs> How far we've come? Like that funeral I was at, dry as a bone. Lockheed. Dry. 
Um, so I have a question for you. Yes. So we just talked about a lot about the magicians, which is a, 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 a they run the gamut, all different kinds of characters, all different kinds of identities. It's a very diverse show, um, which is one of its best parts. Uh, and there's a, they're always on a quest. You know, they always they they each, yes. they they each come together. They use their specialties in magic, whatever that is, um, to chase a thing and to achieve an objective. So, Evil Jeff, I must ask you. If you were a character on The Magicians, what would your vibe be? What kind of character would you be? What would your specialty in magic be? And what could you see yourself on a quest for? But I'd still be like me, right? You're oh. not saying I could just make up and be whoever. Exactly. I, I was thinking it would be, be it would I'm be you like, with like if with a I, bent. If I if me was now on The Magicians. It was you like with a spin though. What would your story be? Oh, well, yeah. Um... What would my specialty be? I think my specialty would be teleportation. Like a traveler, they call them on that show. I would be a traveler. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to be a traveler. I would love to be a traveler. What would yours be? Because that's the whole thing is it would be like we – because somehow we would like – because we both have the same vibe, it would be like, no, there's only one gay in the village. You and me would hate Hate each each other. other. And then we would be forced – Yes. And then we, but first we'd be forced to like go on a mission and save the universe. But it was like, oh, I can't believe I'm stuck with you. Cause oh, everyone in our class gets killed except us. Um, so if you're a, tr- and it's because it's the night, it's the night drag race is playing. And so we're the, and so the only two gay people were out watching it while everyone else gets murdered. <laughs> Cause we're the only two that watch drag race. <laughs> Yeah, because we're the two Okay, I get it. I get it. Um, I think I would be... What's your powers? What's your power? I think I would be... um, I think I would be like a demigod. Like, I think like I would be... My storyline would be like, um, I had sex with a god and now I've got like god powers. But that... So you still have a little bit of god sperm up your... I have a little bit of god sperm in my booty and it's giving me these crazy powers. Oh, okay. But you're still a normal magician, but now like yeah. extra. Yeah, but I'm like, I'm like, they're, they're I'm like how did really, you do that? I don't know. I'm probably really jealous of it. Yes, yes. That you're more powerful. Yes, but actually, but the secret is I'm jealous of you too, but you just would never notice that because you're so jealous of me. But even though I'm so powerful. Because yeah, in this, I have a full head of ginger hair that's gorgeous. Yes. Because um, <laughs> I'm still, because we're young in this. Yes, we're I've jealous. got my 30 inch waist is back. Yeah. But here's the thing is, who's the bad guy? Oh, me. Wait, you're the bad oh, guy? Oh, I'm sorry. No. I think I meant between the two of us. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, who would be the, who would be our big bad that we're fighting against? Oof. Chris Claremont. Sure. <laughs> sure. It would be an old white man for sure. Yeah. And a, like a lovable uncle like Chris Claremont. It would have to be someone that we think is on our, our side. side or that everybody and then we're double crossed and then or there's a backstory that we the whole time tried to warn everybody that he was evil but everybody loved him so much because he like taught people magic and gave them haircuts and so we were like he's bad he touched our butts once and they were like no you're just sluts and you can't come to our parties you have to stay home and watch drag race like the two faggots you are and so that's why we're home watching drag race because we tried to warn everybody about 
And they didn't believe us because of their homophobia. Because it was just homophobia all along. But in the end, to save everyone in the end, we have to be whores. Because even though we hate each other, we're like, he's, you're like, the only way we can beat him is if we both have my powers. So I have, you have to fuck yeah, me. It's cool. Co- it's called cooperative magic. And put, and put, yeah. It's consensual put magic. Some of, put some of the God sperm up me, but then there's a whole thing where you're just a bottom. So then it's like, oh my God, how are we going to make this work? Yeah. And it's the story of me becoming verse. Yeah. And that's what it's really It's the about. quest for versatility is the quest. <laughs> that's what it's called, the quest for versatility. Amazing. And <laughs> that is now the title of this episode. The quest for versatility. Well, I think we've been very versatile. Um, we've covered the X-Men and the Magicians. And there's nothing else bother. There's nothing else good to read or watch at this point. <laughs> I mean, there probably is, right but now, who has the time? Who has the time? I don't. Hey, if there's something, um, but next week we'll next week we'll talk about other. Yeah, comics. and um, we've had a few people be very good about this lately. Actually, if there's something you think we should really, really read, um, send it our way over Twitter, and we will hope to get to it for sure. It's on the list. Yeah. Sweet, sour. All right, everybody. Chicken. Thank you so, so much for listening to episode 120. Oh, do they even go this high of Comic mm-hmm. Book Queer's Legacy? Um, if you like our show, um, please give us a rating of, you know, five stars would be great. Um, if you don't like this show, remember what Mother always said. If you don't have anything nice to exactly. say, don't say anything at all. That's right. And my mother also used to say, hey, if you keep reading those comics, well, that's going to make you queer. I learned the word cunt from my mother when she yelled it out of the window while driving once. (laughs) I learned similarly that I learned the word dildo from my uncle doing the same thing. And good night. Bye. Bye.